0: Listen, Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. Today is Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. I hope everybody is having an amazing summer so far. I can't believe it's already July. I hope you guys are as excited about this interview as I am, because episode 168 features the incredibly talented DJ producer Redux Saints. I connected with Jason on a video interview and had so much fun getting his full story in this one. In episode 168, we got it all in. We talked about becoming Redux Saints. Born and raised in Chicago. Jason has always had a passion for electronic music. During his time in the birthplace of House, he became very interested in learning more about the production aspects of it and was inspired to join Icon Collective and also became the first US graduate from the Tool Room Academy. Needless to say, he took the process very seriously and it's all paying off. We of course talked about his incredible discography. With well over 50 releases to his name in the past six years, Redux Saints has built a special catalog of tracks. We ran through some of his biggest releases on labels like Two Room, Low Ceiling, Incorrect, Hood Politics, and discussed the inspirations behind each track. Super dope sound across the board. We also talked about his label Deep Tech Los Angeles. Jason is the founder and head A&R for his label DTLA and I really enjoyed hearing his perspective and strategies on how to stand out as a house label in today's world. He's released 37 of his own tracks on DTLA, all absolute fire FYI and has a smart approach to both the musical and business sides of running a label. So many good pieces of advice in this portion. Redux Saints is someone that I have a lot of respect for because he has always wanted to get better on every single level. He's a true passion for music and is such a great dude who constantly puts others before him. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for him and DTLA. Thank you again for making the time to chat, my man. Let's get into it right now, so you guys can hear a story for yourselves. This is episode 168 with Redux Saints. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to a very special episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm here with Jason Miller, aka Redux Saints, coming to you in Chicago. I'm actually where you usually are, which is Southern California, so the roles are flipped right now. But how's it feel to be back home?
1: It's nice. I've never been back uh, to Chicago. Several years, so it's it's good to be back. Can't say I love the weather here. It's kind of like yeah. uh, I'd rather be in your place right now. But but all things considered, it's good to reconnect with some friends that haven't seen a very long time.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Is is it raining right now? Then because that's how it goes in the Midwest sometimes.
1: It rains in the morning, or like it gets mugged, Like a front comes in, and then all of a sudden, like you need another shower. <laughs> LA is much different with that dry heat. because so then you, you can just get in the shade and cool off a little bit here. It's like, yeah, you know, you need like two bars of soap for getting that humidity.
0: It's humid. I know everybody always asks me like, are you wear dark clothes because you're a DJ? And I'm like, I wear dark clothes, yes, because I'm a DJ, but also because I get really bad pit stains in the summer and I cannot stand it. There you
1: go.
0: Right? Yeah. Hey, we're this is an open, safe space, by the way. If you want to share anything about, you know, any bodily functions that you have as well, we can relate.
1: That, that may come not by me sharing but you just here.
0: <laughs> we got a comedian ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I'll be here but, um, for all 45 minutes let's go all 45 minutes let's go. <laughs> but uh, like I said before we went live I've been following you for uh, I think three years now actually you know what I'm gonna skip ahead in one part of the interview because I got into house music in about 2015 2016 and some of my friends recommended tool room. And I had the Dorley remix of Rebirth uh, from like one tool room compilation. And I always like to search through all all the artist's music, especially my own. And that came up, and I was like, oh my God, I just had a flashback. I've known who this guy is for a long, long time. So it means a lot to be talking to you right now.
1: It's it's interesting if you go back to listen to that sound, it's almost like melodic tech house, which was popular back then. Uh, Because what he had done is he took a. Like uh, that was one of the first tracks I did on Icon Collective uh, in Los Angeles after I went there. Yeah. And, you know, I just lucky to have the connections to actually get Dorley to do. I mean, who gets Dorley to do like his first EP remix mm-hmm. of it? But if you really listen to it, it's kind of like Mod tech. It's kind of like I was doing a lot of that, which is popular now. And I remember back then when I was working with Tool Room, because I went through their academy as well, too. They're always like, hey, man. Strip back some of that melodic stuff. You got one of the guys actually said you needed to have a lot of exorcism. <laughs> but it's interesting, is like what I was doing there has kind of been a little bit more popular now because, like, yeah, uh, the more stripped back tech house stuff is uh, still popular in the States, but it's almost like a bad, bad, <laughs> bad word in the UK at this point.
0: Yeah, so true. I, I really see that a lot it, coming around, everything in cycles four or five years. House music has always been really consistent, but the genres within it, you know, party tech house, like the stuff, some of the stuff you've made before, really energetic, leaning on almost like a progressive or bass house, but still really has all those minimal tech elements. That's very, very popular right now. And I think the same thing that's going to happen that happened to EDM where our generation is like, I love that shit, but I can't go crazy to that all night anymore. I still love it. I want to go to the shows. Can we maybe tone it down a little bit with the melodic stuff like that track? So I do, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, It's uh it's, it's a good way to describe it. It's calling it a trend because, you know, I, I feel like you got stuff in waves. The one thing I've been trying to keep true to my music is that it's very different. Like I see the trend of where tech house is going right now. You're getting like scary vocals, kind of like I was joking about like that, that uh, video that I was going to do earlier. Yeah. Not naming any names, but like, <laughs> that today it's it's the uh it's still got that underground groove to it but you're starting to get those areas and i'm trying to kind of still stay my course with that it's like you know i can do the like maybe the synth pits that are popular today that are look sound a little bit more edm-ish right but keep the soulful house vocals and if you listen to my tracks i don't really gravitate that far away i search deep and hard you know uh, to really find those type of tracks that kind of where I would say call it like a vocal hook in it. Mm-hmm. You don't hear like that. My tracks don't have a developed hook in it. And I that was like beaten into my head when I first was doing my AR sessions with Tour Room was that you need to have a developed idea. Otherwise, there's no uniqueness to your track from any other track. And I think that's the biggest probably, you know, probably hate that gets on Tech House right now is that, yeah. just, you know, you just throw that tiny vocal in there you know then it doesn't sound really different than any, all the other 30,000 tech house tracks that got released that week you
0: know right I mean how do you stand out then as a producer in in the tech house space where so much of it is based on the foundation of four on the floor some vocals that you chop you know percussion all those sort of things
1: yeah so I mean the, the, the fundamental of the tech house track to be even like a house track is the groove
0: so yeah if it's not the groove
1: you know the groove is going to be standard in the groove you can go get a sample pack and slap three tracks on and have a dope groove mm-hmm. so the groove is not the standard; it is the standard that that's what you need to build a foundation of it but that's not the standard anymore because anyone can go build a quick groove out of all the sample packs out there right. so it's the idea that's built on the groove you know do you have a melodic hook? do you have a vocal hook you know are you telling a story in the track uh, like if you listen to just the the kind of the uh, you know formula for a pop track, yeah. that's telling some story, some emotional bond into that. That's where people like you know, why people connect with trance tracks like, a lot. It's just because there's that emotion involved with it. Yeah, think, you know, I think like where stuff usually evolves is it moves more progressively towards that. So the eerie vocals are in a way for people, more mainstream people, to yep. connect with it and that's kind of what happens with the commercialism of the track is that it goes right. in that direction. And some people like it, some people don't, you know, yeah. and, you know, but that's just the like evolution of kind of like where the sound goes. And again, where where I try to kind of, you know, put a little bit of my humor is like uh you know, I, there's certain things that make me laugh. Like yeah. I like, you know, Morgan Freeman, you know, Samuel L. Jackson stuff. Or, like, I'll go and find a funny episode of Growing Pains.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'll go and find something funny that was said or something weird or mentioned cocaine or something like that. And I'll pull those samples out and story. Like, I have a a music for lovers where, you know, uh, uh, he goes to a party and he goes, you know, uh, Seaver goes to a party and he goes, hey, do you know they're doing cocaine in in the bathroom? And the chick's response is, I sure hope so. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Like, so I made a track like that so I really try to find like these type of things that like you can kind of like you'll have a couple vocals that lead into an idea yeah really if you walk away from a uh, from Saints track you know it may not be the top pop track that you'll be like I remember something from the track you know that something res- something registered you know
0: absolutely I-, I mean I've heard so much creativity in your tracks it reminded me of your track Break Yourself where you sample Lovin saying break yourself fool yeah it's actually Wayne Brady is Wayne? Br- yeah right, <laughs> but, that's but, right. But, but, that's, but you you spread across a few generations with that I was okay. like oh damn that was sick I'm glad that you recognized
1: that because I was actually this past week and I was playing friends and I
0: was telling the story
1: behind each one like I'm like you guess where this one came from that this was the only one out of the 20 I did that someone actually guessed and he's like oh yeah that's the, one, that's the Chappelle show Go Wade Brady. Yes,
0: face. that's what it's for. yes, right. But isn't and those are like the deleted episodes. So you're not doing like the most popular like line from movies. You're going one or two steps deeper, which only resonates <laughs> got, with people. More. Yeah, it's gotta
1: it's gotta like you know, it's gotta pack a punch, you know? It's gotta yeah. be like like break yourself. I mean, whoever has ever said that before. <laughs> I mean, like he's literally shooting up people, go break yourself. Good. I mean, I wish I got that warning before I got a drive. But break yourself. Should I break dance? Should I break dance?
0: I agree though. That's that's great advice for any uh house producers out there too. It's it's just about being able to show who you are through your music. And I know, like in and in, it's interesting before we went on air, you said a lot of this content that you've been making was stemmed from having more time during the pandemic. And I think it's been a really cool thing to see producers who normally aren't people that want to be on social media their product is their music now they're finding new ways to put if it is their their product is their music like you putting a little bit of their personality into that and I think that has been a blessing or one of the few good things from the pandemic at least on my end yeah
1: I think you've got the people who really like understood that like you know kind of grasped it and then I think there's a lot of people who just like oh, you know, clubs aren't open, I'm not going to do anything, you know, to it. But, yeah. you know, let's talk about, like, a guy that we both like, John Summit. Yeah. Why, why did John Summit, Real people like John Summit for his personality as yep. well as his music. But yep. his personality on top of it makes Tech House fun. It makes it, you know, like, wow, you know, like, is this guy really having this much fun and yeah. playing all these places and still standing after. You know, crushed all those cans on his head and drinking all those. You know, so but that's but that's that's the fun part of it. He yeah. is he is that person having that fun. There's nothing. There's no bullshit about it. Right. And people are attracted to that stuff because you're like, oh, dude, this guy's you know this guy loves the music. You know, he's not just there to you know for popularity contests. He's not just there you know for uh, you know other reasons such what. But you know, it's really someone that they can relate to in doing it. And like that's that's the media is that you can kind of you know relay your personality or your identity behind it and you're right that's kind of like what I try to do with my music a little bit is I try to find the things that like make like I found uh, is his uh, Samuel Jackson uh, used to uh, he did the uh, stay at home on Jimmy Kimmel yeah 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 so I turned that into a track I was like this would be fun you know kind of take it you know stay the fuck home so I turned that into a track <laughs> yeah. uh, Morgan uh he, he used to be on a electro company, which was like this kind of like Sesame Street back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he does this thing where he's a DJ, and he goes like, "No sucker no jive." And I couldn't believe it when I found it because it was <laughs> like so smooth. And I put it over, yeah. roof, you know. And, I, and it's called "Do Your Thing." He's like, "Do your." He goes, "Ring a ling, ding, do your thing." And I'm like, yep. ah, that's the perfect thing." So yeah, a lot of a lot of how I discover stuff is kind of just stuff I just find is funny, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's." You know, I I could see myself you. Know, maybe like having a couple cocktails and like that coming out of my mouth and people would be like, well,
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. That's simple advice. I love it, sir. So yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned uh, a big Chicago artist, John summit. You're originally from Chicago. What was it like growing up in Chicago really? And you know, the, the <clears throat> after effect of house music being so popular and getting shipped off and then coming back, what was, uh, what was it like growing up? I mean, I think it was a,
1: that kind of kept me like on a course of like many influences of like what, what. Now, my yeah. first like we always had chicago house music but that was around me at all times but i also grew up loving trance mm-hmm. so, you know, so there's kind of those elements that show up in, in redux sense but also the other moniker that i do which is a placebo effect yes uh, but 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 house music for, for itself is like you know that's the one like I think that everything's built on top. It's like that—that's there. It's never going away. You know, mm-hmm. it, it speaks to people. You know, it's—I always think about it's like some of the tracks I do. It's like you know, I always think when would I be playing this track? And a lot of like my house tracks, I kind of picture like the daytime or the you know sunset or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Versus some of my other tracks, where I'm like, oh man, you have to be completely wasted at the end of the night to really like. Well, <laughs> but like the house for me is really like really enjoyable because I just absolutely love the soulful vocal uh, that I'm really tried to like kind of embed most of my tracks. That's, that's the one that I feel like has the most power and like speaks to me like when I produce.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that has so many Chicago elements in it too. You make a lot of music that certainly has some Detroit influence and I hear a little bit of everything. So grew up in the Midwest and Chicago yeah. was such a special place to be a producer too. Yeah, I-
1: Big struggles kind of finding your sound. Yeah. You know, like your producer, you know, it's, it, and that doesn't come overnight. No one's like, boom, this is, this, no one's like, you know, like Skrillex or, you know, like uh, one of those guys that, like, you know, just, you know, he was the first guy to figure out how to use one of these synths, you know, the and, and made it their sound. Uh, right. What I did is like, you know, I kind of had like how I was going with my music, and then I had some training for Tool Room, and I was like, well, there's, still elements of west coast that sound a little bit like base house so how do i kind of combine the two without crossing too far into base house like dirty yeah. bird you know that has its unique sound but still making it like kind of uk tech house that had kind of still the groove and the vocal hook into it so yeah. like for a good so so a lot of my tracks in 2020 like starting in april doing stuff with low ceiling but yeah now, all the track had both of those elements of it right but, you know what what i've seen that's kind of come and gone like since the pandemic where you're now seeing a little bit more groove-based tracks now so you know i i'm always on top of the listening kind of thinking well you know where where's the next move can you be ahead of the curve of where stuff's going not necessarily that i'm going to be the pioneer of it but yeah always keeping your ear to like you know some of my favorite guys who i'm listening to and where are they going with that music
0: yeah, I mean, Jason, it's 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 definitely worth mentioning that you've put in a lot of hard work to become such a good producer and find your sound. You were the first graduate from the Tool Room Academy in the U.S., is that correct? That's incredible. You went to Icon Collective, so you really took a deeper step than, honestly, 95% of people I have on the podcast that learned from YouTube University. Do you remember being like, I want to take this super seriously? I want to learn. I want to pay to learn.
1: Yeah, so uh, I know myself well, and I know that, you know, I, have, I need some in terms of, like, you know, doing it. Otherwise, I can come up with 18 excuses, you know, and they could be legitimate excuses, right. but you like I like to. Excuse so what? what happened, yeah, well, what, what happened was is that, uh, you know, I was gonna, looking to get, to possibly go get my MBA at UCLA, and, like, I was really weighing the balance between, like, well, you know, do I want to spend this much money and continue doing this? Or do I want to invest in something, like, that I'm passionate about? And ultimately, I made this decision to, like, Icon. Icon's not cheap. It's not kid around here, you know? No, yeah, it's not. expensive. But I like that, like, uh, compared to all the other schools, there was, like, an admission process. You know, this was, like, you know, they did mind game, psychological questions when they had you in an interview and i walked out of there i was like i was like i don't don't know if i answered that correctly i was like yeah i was like what the fuck just happened to me yeah that's cool though you know that and like the you know they, they if you don't get a c or better you don't pass in the classes as well too so that was perfect for me for getting my foundation with it and then the tool room stuff was just like as i was kind of like zoning into like okay you know what this now i'm kind of going back to like the house that i really loved and like i can see myself making variations of this like coming up with the sound on it and then what happened to me after that too was like um love this other stuff that i used to do when i first started doing redux but i was advised create another moniker because you don't want you know to get your fans confused on like what are you putting out are you putting up a lot of techno this time to when you're a big producer, and this is some advice I would give to anyone. Yeah. If you're a big producer, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But like, when you're starting up and building your fan base, I would say stick to one genre. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't argue with me about this, is, but this was a, some guys who had been it, it successful at it. Stick with one genre, and then if you want to venture into another, create another moniker, and then just produce with that. that. Otherwise, you're, you will confuse the fan bases are completely different likes melodic techno and who likes tech house oh yeah and they may not even like each other you know? They yeah. saw, you know they're on the street. you know they might get their switchblades up you know
0: <laughs> yeah those techno elitists that's how they are they always yeah. got a switchblade on them <laughs> a lot
1: of them don't
0: trust me. that's very cool though so were you moved to los angeles to go to icon then
1: no 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 i have been living there for a good five six years i've been there a total of like 11 years oh okay uh, yeah and then it's uh yeah, and the, one of the reasons that I like it was interesting how it happened all is like I was looking at it and someone had said, mentioned to me, because that was right like 2014 15, like Sunburn. You know who Sunburn is? Of course. He blew up like out of nowhere. Like he was, he was doing the deep hop, pop songs. Of, like, he blew hip-hop.
0: up on SoundCloud. Yeah, no, he was huge. And, and I, I love this stuff
1: because I, yeah. like, I, I was a big fan of Deep House. and Then all of a sudden he was doing this in this like cool, unique way. Yeah. He went to Icon. And I literally called him up and signed, you know, did submitted my application a day later. And wow. I was admitted like a week later. So I was, that's how that's how that journey started.
0: That's so cool. And and I commend you for taking that seriously and, and really treating your brand, not that you want to treat your brand like a business because you're making music, but you understand it's important to learn, especially from professionals. So I respect right. that.
1: And, and that's actually kind of one of the things we were talking prior to this. It's just like you know, they,
0: if you know if any—if you have
1: any experience in the business world, of growing something, yeah. you know that it does not happen overnight. Um, I think with my, the, my current company that I own, literally took three to four years for that to stabilize to be a trusted brand in the industry. Yep. Um, and once it that once it was trusted, I was able to grow it based on that. It kind of feels. Same way with music. It may even be harder with music because there's so many, you know, there's so many options out there. Let's just put it this way, but you know, every like we we're saying, everyone in your path is in a different part of their journey. You know, and you just have to kind of let the process take. It. As long as you have some goals, you know, yeah, that will continue moving longer that journey, and I think you're, you're 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 in a good. I think that's a lot of good time why people give up. They think that hey, you know. I have eight releases on Tool Room, their are compilations. You know? Yeah. You one might say to yourself, oh, dude, you got a made in the shade. No, oh, dude, I don't have a single release with them yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so, right. So what's next? Goals, yeah, what's next? What's next? Nice? You always got to be thinking about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like that perspective too. So in 2015, you launched Redux Saints, the brand. 2016, was that your first release? What was that time like for you? And, and how did you decide to start officially releasing music?
1: Yeah, you know, it took a while just to like, there were a couple of tracks that was working at Icon, you know, so you have the there. So you know that they're helping you along it. And it's, you know, got to a point where you, you know, back then, you know, I listen to my music now and like, I'm, you know, you kind of wonder, you're just like, whoa.
0: <laughs> oh, I know, I know, yeah. man. I took some stuff off SoundCloud too. I was like, that cannot be out there. Yeah. So, but so like the, uh,
1: the back, it's hard to be retrospective now to it because obviously my skills are like 9K from that. But right like, you know, I wanted to just to get a piece out and release it signed on the label. Back then that was like the biggest dream, you know, I ever had. Yeah. And quickly that changed from like, okay, can I get this out? Someone actually signed it to like, okay, who's gonna sign it? To yeah. now like, well, where is this gonna go? Because you know, we know the, the product the music is taken section.
0: Right, right. I mean, you you came off swinging, though. I, I want to start by, again, acknowledging you on how much you're crushing it now. you got about 40,000 monthly listeners on Spotify consistent. You've released so many tracks. Do you know how many tracks you've released? It's probably 50, 60. Yeah, probably around
1: 60 total.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive, my friend. That's pretty impressive. And yeah, you've got about 37 tracks released on your own label, which we'll talk about in a little bit, which... I love, but I want to first talk about, you mentioned Tool Room a few times, and I did mention the 2016 Dooley remix of your track, Rebirth. And it's really cool, the tracks that you've released on Tool Room, I think it actually paints a pretty good picture on your growth and your styles and really your your range. And 2018 Hands Up with David Ricardo really delivered on that one. Um, it was, I guess, your second release on Tool Room, right? What was that like for you producing this track that was really, really well made? I mean, did you think to yourself, I'm proud of this track, and made it on tool room. What was that experience like for you?
1: Um, you know, every every single release that gets on tool room because they, you know, you have to think of tool room. You know, they get like a thousand demos like a week or something like that, you know. So and <laughs> you know, I think what tool room does really well is like they use the compilation as kind of like a like a kind of new music platform yeah or they get you know people who are up somewhat up and coming release on it you know the the to get it on there initially you know to get it accepted you know it it's not an easy thing you know no. like based on the number of people doing but also like the standards that they have for their music to get out it. so like yeah you know, anytime i get it on like you know now is the first time they're actually asking me for tracks. Yeah. Tracks, submitting it and, and doing it. So a big step for me. But, you know, back then, that was, like, what I wanted to do. I wanted to get something on tour. So I think that from a standard, was, like, the street cred. You needed to, like, start telling people, you know, people, people listen to Tech Outs, they tour, right? You know, so it's like, you can say you have a couple on, people would shake their head. They'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah know this guy this guy you know so i mean i think you know if i think back then you know that was the primary goal back then was tracks on on tour so i had a couple of my original ones remixed by i think uh by a couple guys that made it on there made by pete mm-hmm. um ben remember dorley so those yeah. all quality guys yeah. those all painted on to their cost but i think yeah that was maybe one of my first originals so yeah getting an original on there was like a big deal for me because i think i got maybe three or four uh, remixes of my track but, yeah
0: uh,
1: yeah that was that was big and then you know like i said they just recently they're doing another uh kind of uh uh they do these special comps where it's uh kind of the uh, they called the new leaders or the new something like that and mm-hmm. they asked me for a track for it so I'm kind of excited that you no know, so i had you know it's kind of a story here yeah but i ha- i have my first track single uh that was supposed to come out june 4th uh they gave me too much detail there were some issues with clearance of some of the uh uh the vocals on it but oh. we're still working to get that that released which that will be like huge stepping stone for me because it's like you know, you've got to, they don't, they don't just release anyone, you know, on there. Cause they, it's almost like, yeah. you have to be like a guaranteed, it's almost like I uh, I don't want to, like, you got to be like in the mafia, you know, you got to be, <laughs> you got to be an earner to get on, on, on the label. you yeah, yeah. are <laughs> not an earner, you know, you know, they didn't want to invest their time and energy into you. So I think that's a lot of things that
0: sometimes people don't understand too, is that it's a business, you know, you're a so, made man. You're yeah, a main man. Things. There you go. You're after your first single. I'm cigarette. a Sopranos <laughs> fan. I, I, that was a perfect correlation. That was very well done.
1: Yeah, I guess that was good been by ceremony, you know, and hopefully I didn't get waxed from behind during the <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I felt like happened. You know, kind of like yeah. It was, you know, June 4th, you know, and I got waxed and hopefully uh, resurrected. And uh,
0: <laughs> you're just in the hospital right now. You'll be out.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I'm on life support. so you also released a track called the power with mr oz and this one was a lot different than hands up it was a massive rolling baseline that could cause a fucking earthquake man i mean i think that might have been your intention i don't want to assume but again showcasing your range let's check out that range real quick this is redux saints and mr oz the power on Tool room records was this track always intended for tool room? Cause it was so much different than your previous ones.
1: Yeah. I think this one was, cause I think, you know, a lot of my tracks at reference tracks.
0: And, yeah. You
1: know, when I do a reference track, a lot of times the reference track will be geared towards the label that I'm kind of going. Towards sure. This. Sure. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but for the most part, even like today, if I get a request from someone, you know, it's hard with like, when you create something from scratch, yeah or like you do or you use a reference check you send it to a label and then they'll the, they may come back with like 14 changes on it <laughs> you know I, that that kind of changes what i'm trying to do so uh, i would that's a great piece of advice uh, Yeah, to anyone that submits stuff to us when their sound is completely not even close but i feel like they're a good producer um I will say to them, I'm like, please use like go back and take a look at like a reference. And you Use one of my tracks. I mean, yeah. If you tell me, if you tell me you use my track as a reference track, might be have a better chance of getting it signed with me because you're kissing my ass. <laughs> but but you know, I that's that's kind of you know one of the things I would say to anyone. Now, for for my label, you know, an AR process here, um, I really am really selective. To like what what I put on her track, so mm-hmm. yeah, it is sort of a business. We're gonna invest the time, promo, press, yeah. videos, and all this stuff. We want to. I'm not looking to make money. I just want to break even. So you're not costing yeah. money. So right. so the idea is there is that you know you got to have some, have some street credit. And unfortunately, you know some people don't get that. It's yeah. like okay, you know my track is dope. You should love it and release it. You know, I got get Facebook fights with people about that Wor- worst thing you oh, can yeah. Worst thing you can ever do. But then you realize the captain to say, like, okay, you know, you know, when you submit stuff to these labels and not get bent about it, just being like, you know, you may have caught the AR guy on a bad day. Maybe he was listening to a certain music for you that pissed him off and he's just like, you know, whatever, and you know your track fit. So, you yeah. know, there's all these different reasons like why because you should kind of if you're focusing on a label you know you should support them you know the best you can don't annoy them don't send them every, don't send them every single track you have yeah you know, but use a reference track 100 for it you know and you know I, I think that those are some tools that'll get you in the door i'm not saying it's going to get you some gets you
0: in a, in a good position Great advice there. Great advice. I knew I knew these starting with these Tool room tracks I was gonna open up the conversation. So and yeah, I, I mean, so,
1: the two room tracks are good too, exactly, because like it's you know, I think that's kind of it's it was the primary goal for so long. It was like yeah. tool room, Tool room, tool room. Then I started the label. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, okay, now I can start being a little bit of you know, more creative and not here to like a certain style, you know, right. that's why I was saying tourum is very specific on what they want to label. And good for them. I mean that's their brand. That's what yeah. the, the music and the imagery that they want to do. You know, it's different than Repopulate Mars. It's different than, you know, Jamie Jones's label. It's different sounds, yep. you know. Yeah. So that's that's why here's another piece of advice. If you're getting struggled in or struggling with your submission process, create your own label. Get your music out there. Just go ahead and do it. Stop fucking around, stop waiting for them to get back to you. Cause they may never, you know, Yeah. I'm a little bit guilty of that as well, too. You know, cause things happen, you get busy, you know, so don't get mad. Just make things happen for yourself. And the best way to make things happen for yourself is to start your own label and release stuff, get your stuff out once a month, which, which is kind of like what I'm doing now.
0: Absolutely. Jason, yeah, create your own opportunities. That was one of the reasons I started this podcast. I was, I grew up in Indiana and I was a DJ in college and I wanted to come to Chicago and continue to pursue passion. I thought it was going to be easier for whatever reason. And basically everyone was like, who are you? Fuck off for, you know, lack of a better example. And Chicago's a, you got to cut your teeth there, man. And I was like, I can't keep going into these clubs and introducing myself to DJs that are playing or like trying to get to know whoever the decision maker is. A lot of times I was going to this stuff by myself, which I have no regrets about that, but I'd always wanted to do a podcast and I said, Myself, what if this was an interview-based show, and I just start interviewing these people, and I can have one-on-one time with them, not at the club? And now we're at 168 episodes, and I have the most incredible network of friends and people that I can help out with, and things that I can help them with. And I couldn't agree with you more, there, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the the key thing here is that people like doing business with people that they like, so oh. if they know on a personal level. Yeah. You know, I. I, I, I I try to on people when they do the wrong thing, but sometimes you just have to point it out. Like, or you'll get the uh, the am at 2 a.m. in the morning saying, you know, listen to my. Can you listen to my mix and follow me? I'll be like, I don't even like. Take me out to dinner first, you know. <laughs> Buy me some chocolates, you know, before you, you know. So, so.
0: Buy me some chocolates. Yeah. yeah. So true.
1: Old fashioned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, last but not least, and real quick, Carnival Soul. With Shane Fontaine, just to wrap it around, these two room tracks are all pretty different, but they do all do have that that two room echelon and Absolutely. Carnival Soul. This one was very creative and I heard a lot of elements on tracks you've released on your label, too. In this one uh, comparatively to the power and hands up just real quick. what What was it like making this track with Shane? Because it's pretty fucking unique and cool.
1: Yeah, so, so Shane had the original idea to me, uh, brought the original idea to me. Um, and, uh, you know, there was like, yeah, it sounds a little bit like carnival-ish, you know? Yeah. So like I found, a, you know, I, I the original vocals on it was, was kind of, was more like, I think he was doing like some type of rap over it. Mm-hmm. And so like, I got a hold of it and then I, I found like a carnival sample pack Nice. And, and it was says, and it had to do with uh you know for your soul. So like I kind of made the connection with carnival and soul because it's like yeah. a house pack, but it's carnivals. Then to make add some extra fun to it, I found this mariachi gritos pack that I had. <laughs> I I I, I, I love I love like the mariachi sound, like how they shout, Dee! you know, and they do us. I yes. can't do it. I can't do it. So I found that pack and I added in <laughs> a couple of those elements into it, and it made it just very like kind of happy festive but still sounded uh underground with it so right. it's like all, all the right pieces came together with that with shane shane uh shane i've known for a while I've met him in, i've done a lot of collabs with people that i've met at tour room academy um and it just came out it came out really well in the end now there are five versions of that track mm-hmm. before we got it five versions right with tour room I'm going to be honest with you. I still love the original version. Sometimes that's <laughs> that's what happens is like, you know, you submit it and they will come back with feedback. Well, five tracks later, you know, we finally got it right with their AR team. And, you know, it's that version, but, you know, I can send you over the original version of it and you'll just be like, oh, like, okay. Wow. That's <laughs> oh, I like yeah. that. I like that one too. It's a tad bit different. It's a little less of a, you know, of a rolling baseline, but, you know, so, Yeah. And that's kind of a funny. Is like uh, with the uh, the uh, the single release that eventually have come out in Tool Room. Yeah, and that one that one must have had eighteen versions of it before. My we God, and, and that that one is. Happens. Uh, yeah, I'm um, crossing my fingers.
0: I hope so too. Well, congratulations on everything with Tool Room. Though obviously you you're made man, or you will be here soon. So uh, I know no. Tool Room no. and Mark Knight are one of the most influential labels and he's one of the biggest tastemakers in the game too so i know any house producer out here is nodding their head as well so very cool the
1: tour room uh hashtag tour room family to the next level right yes sir
0: (laughs) yes sir so you mentioned low ceiling earlier you've released two tracks gonna be all right and do your thing um both absolute scorchers but completely different vibes and tempos again showcasing your range now little ceiling i've interviewed a lot of people who have released on this label and they only have the highest things to say from demo submission process to release to promotion. What was it like releasing on that label?
1: Yeah. So uh, this is uh, one of those instances where like, I literally, I so don't blink. Um, yep. I literally love their music. So I would just play it all the time. And after just tagging their ass so many times, they eventually said, submit us some music. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really how it worked out. It was, I have, it's, it was over Twitter too. It was like, you know, I, I can't, I was putting them in my mixes and doing my beat part charts with them and stuff like that. Yeah. And so eventually they, you know, they said, Hey, it's just send, send us the demo. So, you know, uh, it was cool working with them. They're very meticulous. They want their music as well too. Yeah. So like a couple versions after, you know, uh, he gave very th- so there are people that give like high level feedback where you have to interpret what they're looking for and there are people who are like very meticulous yeah like hey you need to change this sound and this bar and do this and do that that was when it was the experience was a Flow ceiling. but you know the uh the first release it did really really well I think it was my best-selling track yeah uh, be all right and for that time that was the right sound for the right time yeah now I came back with another track with them two months later. They were already a- evolving their sound at the label. So, like, yeah. I-, I released "That's Right" was actually supposed to be the follow-up on "Low Ceiling," that that was on a DTLA track. But they said they had changed their sound in like the forty-five day span. <laughs> <laughs> so, I- so I went back to the the drawing board, and the, the "Do Your Thing" is the uh, is the Morgan Freeman one from
0: uh, yeah,
1: company. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I was able to get to, to do that one. That actually that one I actually found You gotta look up the, that video though of it. Uh Pitmon Company is pretty
0: funny. Let's check it out real quick. This is Redux Saints. Do your thing on low ceiling. Okay, we the first one now. Jesus, you did your research front to back, great productions, both tracks that are going on the USB. And uh, I love the vibe so much and shout out to low ceiling and don't blink. So I'm here in California right now. We got to talk about hood politics, San Diego boys, DJ, Susan, more than friends, nutty. You had an awesome release. You can't front absolute heat. And I wanted to put this one kind of in the middle because I mean, I can say it time and time again, man, like you have a really, really special range, but this track, was super dope because you know dj susan has said to me many times i get so many different types of submissions and although we do try and have a sound there are tracks that come to me and i say i have to have this track this can't go on another label and i really like this one for hood politics and i don't know if you had that similar experience or that's what he said but it was a great track let's check this one out before redux tells you where the inspiration came from this is redux saints you can't front on Hood politics records
1: You can't find all that.
0: So do you know where, can you tell me where that vocal came from? There's a
1: little quiz. Yeah. You know, uh, so I ripped it from the Beastie voice. Really? Yes. I hope I don't get in trouble for that one saying that on your podcast, but yeah. No. um, Yeah. So it's, uh, it's one of the, it's not the main vocal of it. So that's another key thing. If you're going to rip stuff or uh, or stuff, (laughs) don't take the main vocal off of a track, but in one of their tracks, they go, you can't front. So, was kind of something that I just put over like the groove for it. So if you say like you hear like the vocals that are kind of like unaudible, that's actually him saying the verse of it. But I made it so unaudible that no one could actually tell that it was taken. There you go. Hopefully they won't get in trouble for that. No. What inspired that was that Beastie Boys thing on Apple came out right right around that time when I produced the track. I think they were telling about the story of the Beastie Boys or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I was so inspired after watching that. I was just going through all the acapellas that I found on SoundCloud for Beast. It wasn't, it was just like, Oh, I got to try this. Got to try this. Gotta try this!" And believe it or not, I, you know, I wanted to go 18 different directions, but that's the one that kind of worked out the, the best. So, you know, it was a, it was a good fit for the fellows over at the politics.
0: Yeah, man. It's a sick track. That's very cool. Very cool. I love that creativity. I'm definitely going to be playing this because now when I actually do the interviews, um, not everybody has heard your music. And when we talk about it in context, I like to play it right before you speak about it. So the people have known exactly what you're talking about. My man. Very,
1: very cool. Very
0: cool. Yeah, absolutely. That extra 10%. Um, so we got to talk about incorrect Anthony Atala real, r- real fast. Did you meet him in Chicago or what's your relationship? No, uh, I
1: actually, I met him in, uh, well, I mean, I probably met him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was, when I was younger, I don't really remember much about yeah. it. But, uh, but I actually officially met him in uh, Vegas this past October. Okay. Uh, But we'd been in contact um, just being us both from Chicago. We got introduced by other people like, Hey, you should talk to Anthony and whatever. So Anthony's been cool. Like uh, my first track uh,
0: ain't got time did really, really well. Really Uh, well. Well, let's find out why this one might've done really well. This is Redux saints ain't got time on incorrect music.
1: I got a chance to do my, my EP with him recently, yeah. kind of different, different signs and stuff, but what is Anthony is like a, a good barometer of like where the sound's going, because, you know, he's not releasing tech, what, he, what you would call tech house, you know, it's got to have some swag to it or, yeah. or some melodic, you know, kind of style to it for him to sign it right now. And he's mm-hmm. got some awesome guys on that label. So, you know, when he gave me the chance to do it, um, I worked on the two tracks and he, he was cool enough to give me ar feedback on, on both tracks and so it was very cool to uh to be able to release on it correct it's like a great label
0: great label and your productions really speak for themselves the second build in ain't got time is swaggy yeah, yeah. that's the exact word for it so,
1: so one of the things like i tell people is like i um like a lot of my songs like uh, you know and i'll send you over the new one that's coming out on dtla but like You'll, you'll see this there's always a part in it where i kind of like feel like when you're dancing you should like pause and do like a heisman kind of <laughs> And that's like kind of like this like i always want to have like some part like that in my track so it's kind of like you know like you're going like uh, kind of like during the groove like we pause and do it like that there he is he finally decided to join yeah thanks <laughs> hey, hi, buddy Okay. Um, Anyway, but, but, but that, that was one of those first tracks that I had, like one of those cool, like kind of like sidestep moves that like, if you were dancing on, ain't got time for that. (laughs) So yeah, that was, I found, I found really, there must've been this one vocal pack where like maybe four or five tracks came from. Um, That was one of them. But I think I used and abused this one pack because it's like you find it, yeah. you got to get them out fast, man. Otherwise, yeah. you're, you're going to have 18 other, uh, 18 other chat. I'm trying to think who I had the same one as Will, uh, from, was it Will Taylor or someone that came out, but I thought my track was better and did better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful with the sample packs.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, even like, I think chapter and verse used the a vocal that I had in one of my melodic techno tracks from like, uh, like a year, maybe like a year ago, but I yeah. I'm like, hey, where'd you get that back? Where'd you <laughs> get that one from? What pack was that, buddy?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> Love chapter and verse. And speaking of chapter and verse, he's released on your label. I want to take a sec to talk about DTLA. Give us the breakdown. I know you were the label head in a and um, I, I said earlier you released 37 tracks on your own label. You give back not only to people who need a platform, but some of your best work has been released on it. It's really, really special. So, something special that you've been building. So,
1: so starting the label was because I, I had built the brand. I had actually been a part of a label called Crafted. Original. Okay.
0: I think I've heard of that, actually.
1: Uh, they're based out of the UK. Okay. Crafted Underground was doing a lot of tech house, but they're more for like Progressive House UK because, uh, you know, kind of more like melodic tech gotcha. They also They also had Crafted Digital, which was, anyway... So when I came out as a partner there, I was trying to do something unique. So I created uh, I was living downtown and you know, I just was trying to steal off the acronym of Downtown Los Angeles, and you know, we call it like Deep Tech Los Angeles. So I created a brand there and I just didn't feel like the guys were like helping it move along fast enough. So I left there and started it off as its own uh, label. And that was like kind of like beginning of 2019. Yeah, the nice cool thing about like how I've kind of run the labels, I got to sit next to tool room for a good period of time. You got to observe like how they rolled stuff out with like I worked with their marketing director, yeah, uh, Miles Shackleton. I worked with their AR guys for a long time. I I they're a great model. What understand is like not a lot of these big labels are run as functioning companies. True. Toolroom defected you know, and a couple others are fully functional staffed companies. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me coming from like a business background, that's one of the coolest things to see is like, actually, you know, you can be doing your passion and actually running it like a business. Cause a lot yeah. of, a lot of these guys, they're running labels a little bit like smoke and mirrors, you know, about the, and the think cool thing about uh tool room is the consistency always, you know, how, how they rolled stuff out. So, you know, I kind of mimicked, like the compilations. How do we do the compilations? Well, we roll them out like that. We make it as a platform for people, you know, who are up and coming, you know, uh, it's almost like a platform to be heard. Yeah. Then, you know, like kind of, we were joking around in the mafia, you get made. Yeah. You, know, you go to the single release to do it. Yeah. So get it to a single release, you know, then you can continue. On. But the single release, you have to earn that, or you've earned it. You paid your dues. It's like, other places, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know you're not going to come to me like like having a couple releases and then I'm just going to do a single release. Right. Unless maybe you know my cousin or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but the point is is that like that's worked really really well cuz it gives a chance for me to like give people like we don't sign things as is. Like I'll give a lot of feedback and stuff okay. like that. So, so like kind of like how you do your show. Yeah. For me to kind of connect with like producers being like, "Hey, first of all, if you're not receptive to some feedback on a track, I don't want you on my label to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. You can't take any feedback that there needs to be a sign or tweak here. Now, if you're done with the track and you come back to me and say, "Like, hey, Jason, I about the next one," that's cool. But if yeah. you're then getting feedback, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not DTLA material. I can tell you Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So any effect. So we built it of the compilation, and then you could have multiple compilation releases then graduate to to uh, to a single release, but we wanted to set a bar where there's like you know there's a bar to be here, and then there's a bar to be here, mm-hmm. and that way I could be a lot more selective with like you know who I who I choose and put on both sides of it, you know both sides of it. And maybe a guy who's that here, but I'm, i say back to him, and this is really a hard thing. Sometimes like I'm giving feedback to guys who've been producing for it. I'm like, you know, and they're like it's like tough, you know, like yeah. Like, uh, you know, it doesn't fit, you get a little nervous sometimes. Right, know. right, yeah. But it's worked well because I think people really respect that, like, you know, if you if you put the energy and invest in the tracks and they they feel that you're like, you want to see it be as successful, you know, as as they do and you kind of create that bond where, you know, like you have a relationship with them instead of like, you know, some of these labels and even some of them that I've released they're releasing one every week. It's just like, it's just like, Who's filling it in this week? You know, did it, and once it gets that next week, if you didn't do really great, you know, who even remembers what you did though? It's yeah, just, I, I didn't really like that. You know, I like I'd I rather, you know. Don't get me wrong; we may do it every two weeks, but you got it for that two weeks. I'm putting hundred ten percent in promoting that track for, you know, for the label. So yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's clear you're running a really clean operation. I mean, anything from the branding and your releases. I mean, I'm not surprised that you've taken, well, you know, there's a saying that I really like and it's, it's nothing is original, right? The sense that we all take something that somebody else has learned and then we make it our own. And I think DTLA is a great label and you've given platforms to people like chapter Inverse, Charles D I always say their name wrong. Clay screen pop Papa Marlin. Um, these are all guys that are great producers and they're not like world famous and, Again, you've released 37 tracks and it's really, really inspiring to see. And I know there's a lot of young producers out there that feel like it's hard to release on a label for whatever reason, but you seem like someone who's very reachable, very willing to work and hear people out and help. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that, Jason.
1: Thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, for real. What do you look for in a demo, though, when people reach out to you, though?
1: Okay, so so the first thing I'll listen to is, is production quality. You know, yeah. now there's, there's always things back and correct on the production standpoint so that's not the end but it's still got to be at the quality of the you know production and i will be honest when you a lot of the ones we get through the demo box don't even pass that that qualification okay okay good okay. so the second part i look is is you know if the uh does it have and as i was kind of mentioning earlier does the track have a vocal idea does it have a vocal hook does it have an identity to it meaning like mm-hmm. if i walk away from that track am i going to remember you know am i gonna like if i hear it am i gonna know that's a redux saints track am i gonna know that's a dtla style track you know when i send stuff out on my DD, DJ promos is it gonna be like oh this is another dope track from dtla because that that matters to me you know it's like i want the consistency of building the brand each time you know
0: yeah
1: i don't want to one track to be like this another track to be like night and day from it and people being like
0: uh, did they change their
1: sound? I mean, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, you don't
0: on? want to confuse the fans like you said earlier. Yeah. So,
1: so that idea of building the track is huge with me. And that's a lot of time. That's what usually gets the cut from a lot of people. Now, if let's say there's parts that we, I feel like you can fix in both parts. That's when I start giving feedback to it. You know, Okay. And that, and that's when I start working with the producer potentially to like, you know, to improve, improve the track or, you know, they maybe not, Sometimes it doesn't improve the track, but for the most part, for the most part, it's in an effort to kind of just make it more in terms of like what we're trying to do it. Now, when we say the identity of the track, we have the foundation, which is the groove, you know, and we have on top of that, we may have, you know, some stabs, some synth hits and stuff like that. That's usually the, the identity is really brought on maybe by a vocal hook, right. or a melodic hook, or maybe both, you know, tech house it's a lot most of the time it's the vocal hook because it's that's you're still in the kind of house range where you're saying like you know we're not we still want to kind of do something that kind of you'll walk away remembering the track and that's very different in different genres like you know yeah. in uh you know melodic techno it's usually like the melodic hook it's different you know you may have a synth head of a over certain notes that, right. that sticks in your head so that now we also sign different you know, so so we have to apply that to both too. Like Charles D, yeah, Very different than chapter
0: and verse. Very different.
1: Night and day. Two different two different fan bases.
0: Yeah.
1: D, I would even say Charles D's fan base, because they're all like your kind of price guys. Like they're tough. They're tough. You, you, <laughs> you don't want to screw around with them. They'll get mad. I mean yeah. they'll get they'll, they'll get on your ass if you do something wrong, you know. So, so you know, they there's different to us. And like that was another thing. It was like I didn't want to just house i wanted it to be an underground house label but still keeping it within the realm of what i consider uh, underground like so consider you know house tech house you know and, and some techno to be like kind of fit in that, that right
0: right but, uh, but that allows us you know like
1: if we do our label takeovers, to do a good you know spectrum of music you know or maybe we go house tech house to you know techno in the in the evening time
0: yeah, and that's certainly something to consider too, right? You have a label and you want to throw events. And you've done some really cool stuff recently uh, promoting a party. You had – I don't know how you did this, and you got to tell me. you got Charlie Sheen to promote a video, also Claude Von Stroke. Very creative, very funny, super unique. Well, how did you come up with that idea? How did you get in touch with them?
1: Yeah, it's it, – <clears throat> without giving away my secrets. You don't uh, have to give away your uh, secret, uh, but it's yeah. pretty cool. Let's just put it this way, that there's a mechanism – to enable you to get in touch with them or that the thing, the thing about them is like, I think whatever the services that helps, you know, get you in touch with these people, I think they caught on to me that like, you know, I was using it as a promotion because the, you know, there is a cost associated with it and to do it as a promotion versus just a shout out. Uh Uh-huh. supposed to be like 10 times the amount of money. So like I was, I got lucky early in the day here, but I, I, you know, so guys who, there's guys who have turned me down. Like I want to, see, you know, he wasn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is kind of cool to get him. Like So we've got, uh, even like, uh, so when I was younger in Chicago, they used to have the Just Say No Parade. The Just Say No Parades, you know, were the floats. That was like uh, Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, kind of thing like that. So I sat at the table next to Alyssa Milano. Uh, yeah. And like, I even got like, it was kind of funny because like I met her and like the big thing from that was like, she said, give me, I don't bite. So that's like my claim to fame about everything. So, yeah, I was <laughs> in Milano when I was 13 years old. So when, I was get, so when I was able to get her to do it, like I wrote it all up and she like did it verbatim. I was like in heaven. I was
0: like, wow. The-
1: yeah So that's, that's kind of a cool, a cool thing to get like a shot. Cause no one else is doing that, I guess.
0: No, no one else is doing that. I thought it was really cool. That's why I, I think it was definitely worth mentioning. Yep. And you do so much cool stuff with your content, man, especially over the past year. Um, like I said earlier, DJs and producers never had more time, no shows. You got to come up with ways to stay relevant that unfortunately isn't just releasing music. And you put together these absurdly creative and hilarious videos, hater aid ointment, p jug, <laughs> DJ request stun stick, which is my personal favorite. And like I just said, the DTLA videos too. How did you decide? to one take a chance on doing that i mean you are a funny guy of course but it's one thing to be a funny guy and then put yourself out there like that
1: yeah so i mean the it just came out of like pure boredom like you know (laughs) during the pandemic you know so we do these uh our live streams and like what we would do is just like have commercial breaks because like you know i would always besides having eight cameras because we thought it was boring just to see someone standing in their living room you know agreed you know i created these skits and the skits were the intent to like kind of just show aside that you know one of the things that i think uh post recently especially from john summit was just like you know if you take yourself too serious you know no one's gonna take you know it's it's just it's not the music you know the music's yeah, there Fun, you know this isn't you know business techno know where you have to wear black and like you know, I'm saying I wear black all the time. That's (laughs) I know what you mean though. Yeah, but but, but, but my point is, is like you know, this is we're all we're all listening to music to escape, to have fun, to do it. And if you're too serious about it, I just think it's about you know. So like these skits are kind of like an extension of me trying to like kind of you know just kind of get to people to know like my personality a little bit. But so I come up with these alter, you know, kind of these you know these alternative personalities you know i i do uh redux chef redux yep you know i I've, I've done uh like i told you i'm doing a new one with uh, franz and hans or mm-hmm. redux uh, i've got the costume for that ready to go you know the uh hater was basically came out of like i just saw a lot of people hating on like genres, we're getting like yeah. quite- the tech house and the techno people and i'm just like it's so stupid would it be nice to just rub some ointment on your nipples and then, <laughs> and then, and then yeah. it would go away and then like you know i've had some horror stories about people coming up to me doing requests for music like you know, like asking me for you know rest in peace of vici but like yeah i have a single vici song in my uh-huh. catalog. yeah <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't get that and come up to me and request that while i'm playing and it's like that I got one time, it happened at an OC bar, uh, you know, told the manager I was an asshole because I wouldn't play Vichy. So I was like, what oh, would be a great way just to deter that Would just if you had a stun stick and you could just stun the request. Yeah. <laughs> or the guy that comes up to you, hey, I want to do back-to-back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just stun So that's how that one came out. And then the uh, pee jug, it's just like, you know, you know, if you drink like I do when I DJ, you need the pee, you know. So this thing was uh, just kind of came up with like, oh, you know, what? I, I, I started doing like a long trip pee, you know, and then I saw these devices. They even had like there's some funny other like parody videos of it, like where wow. guys. There was like a guy had. They think he's taking a sit like a piss, but he takes a dump in it. Like it's like some <laughs> really funny stuff. Anyway, with that, so like there are some other ones that we never got to. I wanted to do the creeposaurus meter each to the club you know the thermometer thing that takes your temperature? yeah 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 oh my you god walk up to someone and see how creepy they are in the club yeah. um what was the other one i had uh, a couple other ones which which i just hadn't got to, but all these have scripts written out and like you know i had like a crew oh the one i don't know if you've seen the one where we do the dTLA cobra kai dojo
0: yes that one was amazing too
1: yeah so that that was a good that was a good personality like sig where, where i was acting like we did an office parody kind of like how it was the office. And I was the overconfident bumbling idiot, <laughs> uh, you know, a sensei redux. Yeah. And that, that one we filmed over the course of a day and we had like, a, like
0: extras and like, yeah, uh, that was well-made uh, yeah. actually.
1: Yeah. And then we had a video editor. So yeah, that, that, it was just overall fun to do, you know, cause again, it was just, I mean, during the pandemic in LA, everything was closed down. You couldn't go yep. out, you couldn't go to restaurants, kind of, uh,
0: Create fun absolutely absolutely you're spending people who you want to spend it with and creating fun memories with the best you could i know i, I know exactly what you mean i was doing some weird shit too i was uh not that you're doing was weird but weird shit you know i was doing dj impersonations and i dressed up like fisher i dressed up like mala and chami and i did like 30 minute sets on instagram and just played their it did well i had a fun time with it they clapped tone got the mask and that was the point where i was like i think i'm going crazy <laughs> dressing up but you know what it worked and a lot of people liked it and it was fun and it was different
1: yeah i mean i think a lot of the things you have to get as being a dj is that you are a performer and you have to get over really caring about like what people think oh yeah so once you get to that point about not caring about things, then you can kind of just you know act out or do i mean obviously you need to be careful not to do like another thing i like to do is like i do uh called redux dub where I basically would find horribly dubbed old Kung Fu movies. And then I would put my own voice over them. And, and then I did like a commentary on the, uh, on the like the clubs in LA. and I actually like was used people's names in the techno scene and stuff like it. <laughs> but you know nowadays you just got to be careful that you got doing something that can be a little bit too sensitive.
0: Oh you know? man.
1: So, so, but I mean, for the most part, as long as you're just not, you know, really being like rude you know doing so you can do stuff but most of my humor centers around like music so it's like yeah. people can kind of relate to the behavior of the clubs and djs you know and stuff like that and then, you know if you're a dj the stuff with the stun gun you know all those characters that come up to you the promoter and ask you all like all those stuff oh. 100% can
0: relate because it happens every single time you go out every single time no djs can relate and there's this interesting culture about being a dj and being in the scene and i feel like I've been DJing for about seven years now. I lived in Chicago for six. I think you're at least 10 plus years. You've seen so many things change genres, the culture, house music. What do you think has been some of the most interesting aspects of the industry, whether it be on the front or back end? And what do you think is going to come in the next few years, too?
1: Well, I mean, I think the most interesting thing that happened was over the past like five, six years, you know, like yeah. when I moved to LA coming from Chicago. Yeah underground music in the main clubs they're all playing it was hip-hop and, and edm so like you saw like all of a sudden jamie jones got a residency in vegas yeah and then all of a sudden you know you saw, saw these people coming to vegas then all of a sudden you saw like the shift in music mm-hmm. that was a little right around when i like t- i think it was like around 2017 mm-hmm. so it was for me it was good self-validation that like the music i felt like finally was getting some respect you know yeah like in my early days like dj like in los angeles was like you got to be a lounge dj or play top 40 and like uh i even went to this dj school it's called scratch academy and i remember i failed the last class like five times because they were like jason you look like you're dying up there i'm like i literally was because i was having to play ratchet hip-hop i was having to play like ed like it just wasn't me the, yeah. the gist of it you know yeah I, I, I couldn't fake it do it so i like i never passed that last class because you had to act you had to make it look like you were doing it for but what i saw is that like all of a sudden everything changed from like what music was like being played and stuff and i yeah i i, I like that change you know because it was like that was like what i felt like was like i don't know i felt like that was the music i connected to so mm-hmm. it was good to see that roll in now now we're seeing it played everywhere i just mm-hmm. hope it doesn't become too commercial or that it like it becomes you know EDM and gets like you know hate well, I think it's already there actually it's gonna get hated on you know until until something else but like you know I, it's I think one thing you just have to be careful with this is like everyone's got their opinion about everything and like you know what I think you have your tastes everyone else just be respectful of everyone's tastes as long as you're not hating on stuff you know apply some of that ointment to your nipples you know <laughs> everything will be okay <laughs>
0: Yeah. Is that for sale anywhere? <laughs> what was that? Is that for sale anywhere? Cause I could use some of that. <laughs> I wish I, that was one of the early days too. Like I didn't have
1: uh, uh, I I didn't really edit the vocals, So you hear me like into like into the microphone, <laughs> like when I was doing it, and I was, every time I hear it, I'm like,
0: Oh, I wish I could go back and re-edit the vocals. It's like yeah. <laughs> That's okay. It was a well-made video. I think that really is a good perspective. And Yeah, I agree with you, at least for the now where house and DJing is at. I can tell you in Chicago, man, um, you know, it's only been back open for about two months or whatever. I've played a few shows and um, people are looking for house. It's okay to play house. And you do you kind of have to, you know, usher in the mainstream crowd because I kind of sometimes call it open format house. Lack of a better term, it's a house mashup. Right. So it's some Travis Scott song with some chapter and verse song, or it's some ABBA song that mashes up into a, you know, a Chami song, whatever it is, but it's kind of, I'm seeing waves of people actually dancing to it versus just being okay with it. And I think it's a good thing, but I mean, like any trend, we'll see how long that lasts. I'm never going to stop producing and, and, and listening to house, but I think where we're at right now, at least in the U S is a good spot for electronic music I concur yeah so brighter day brighter days are coming too now that things are opening up again um but what what's next for you what's what's going what's on the what's on the horizon my man
1: well we got another release coming out on July 16th with I'll Mm -hmm. send you over that track so yes uh it's called feel the funk okay I found some really uh cool vocals that says feel the funk feel the groove shake your junk and show your moves Woo! i was very enticed by those vocals so we put were that, you Yeah, very, very, very enticed by that There's a lot of things too is like i'm i'm doing the the kind of the video in my head like you know not i'm not i'm not filming a, a per se but like finding cuts of like people shaking like it's maybe beavis and Budhead shaking their junk you know yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of people shaking their junk um yeah that's the 16th but also on the 16th as uh we have our one of our first of hopefully many series. Uh, it's called Emerging Sounds. Okay. And basically, it's a label showcase of uh, labels in California uh, area. Now, a lot of great music and a lot of big labels. Or I don't want to say big, but up and coming labels are coming out of it. We have some already established ones. This is more for like the hood politics, the slightly yeah. dizzled, yeah, music for lovers, DTLA, all these. Very talented sounds are coming out. And I, I see it, you know, being from Chicago and looking at the other areas, I don't see another area really, maybe this many labels in an area yeah. coming up with like some of the newer styles or sort of like even like to having success with the dance tracks here. So, what we're doing is we're having label showcases in San Diego. Uh, it's going to be a couple of those labels that I just mentioned. Um, also, doing a uh, demo Dropbox at the beginning of it. So people can come up, meet me, drop off, drop off a demo box. So there's going to be some value coming to it early as far. You can, and I believe the other labels will be doing it. It's at the Encore Center in San Diego or we're, we're planning for it. It's going to be, it's Whoa. going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be like kind of a mini festival that we're doing. But the intent with that is to build it as a, you know, do something every other month, or then we invite different labels to it. We may have some residency labels on it. Uh, the guy I'm doing it with is uh, his label will be on it as well, uh, DACA, and that's uh, uh, Tomas Serrano or DJ Ideal. Oh he's, yeah, uh, he's huge in the, the San Diego scene. So oh yeah, him. Uh, I think Mr. Kool Aid's playing on it, but yeah, the intent here is to really kind of grow that and give not only just you know kind of you know it's it's gonna be across many genres as well too you know. But uh, yeah. but it's it's kind of exciting because I think I think there needs to be a showcase for those labels. And those artists that don't necessarily get the love from Insomniac. Everyone would love to be on Insomniac, but not everyone's gonna get the love. So this is kinda like that kind of, you know, emerging sound that it's kind of showcase for it. We're kind of yeah. hoping to do, you know, kind of, you know, build the following kind of like the Desert Heart folks did, the repopulate Mars Front fan, you know, kind of yeah. So
0: that's a convention of sorts. I really like that. It's not just like going to a show and here's a label. All the DJs are behind the stage. I'll never really meet them. Maybe I can meet people in the crowd. But you guys are there. You're looking for the next best thing. You guys are being very self-aware of where you guys are at in your stages and helping each other out because you guys have your own falling hood politics, slightly sizzled. That's like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. There, I mean, that's something that needs to happen.
1: That's kind of the key is really to tap into those different networks. Yeah. Know, like- Know, they, they all have their their fan bases and they all like the good chance they like all the labels you know that because they have similar sounds you know to it. To, some have been around you know a little bit longer than others and had a little bit more success than others but bringing them all together for for an event is kind of like something that like I was thinking would be really cool to just demonstrate the talent coming out of it And my idea was that eventually you know do this a couple of times and then maybe do a press piece. You know, that gets like an emerging sounds type of thing with one of the bigger mags for it. So, you know,
0: very cool, Jason. That's a genius idea, man. Well done.
1: Cool. Yeah. Well, I hope, I'm, um, hopefully it'll go well. Maybe, hopefully, you know, now that you're down with the, uh, the HD crew, you can go, you can join us for one. Uh, There's one, but I think probably a future one. So
0: I definitely could come. We could do some interviews on the side or before yeah. and after.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I, I really want it to be like, more than just coming, like it's
0: gonna be three rooms. So yeah. obviously
1: you can swap from different rooms if you get a little bored with something here or there. Food trucks, you know, everything that's very like Southern California.
0: Gotta have some burritos, right?
1: Yeah, that you know, maybe like a skateboard pit. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe a cannabis dispensary too while you're at it. That probably might be there. That might be there. I'm not so don't, the, don't, the don't, IPAs. Don't hold me to it, but yeah, the IPAs, exactly. Amazing, man. Amazing. Listen, uh, thank you again for taking the time. I'm an even bigger fan now. Uh, you are, you are awesome. You are an incredible producer. You're a badass label head and uh, you're a great dog dad too. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thank
0: you. Nice. <laughs> thank you dad. so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you opening anytime, up. Some story.
1: Thank you for having me. And that, uh, you know, anytime, you know,
0: hit me up. Yeah. absolutely. I look forward to connecting again soon. Maybe we can meet in person before we know it too. Sounds great. Awesome, Jason. You have a good day. You enjoy Chicago. Hope the weather clears up. I'm going to enjoy San Diego. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't lie to you. No, all the boys that said hello. I will, my friend. You have a good day. Thank you.